Don't go anywhere, bitch. And you keep doing you. All right, Sweeney, I'm going to see you later. Stay black. (laughs) (laughs) That's not so bad. Here we have it, folks. Keep it. (laughs) Keep it basement podcast. Time to make my move. Sweet taste of victory like Oprah's Manny. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Um, it's amazing that we're both on time. Usually comedians and like rappers are always so late. And I'm like, waiting. Comedians are always fucking late. What is up with that? Uh, I think they're just bad with time management and everything. Like, yeah. Forget. I was like, oh, hopefully she doesn't forget. Let me remind her. Oh, no. Yeah. I feel like most of my guests tend to be like right on time. Like they don't even show up a minute early. Like they show up on the time, but comedians are always late. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, I just got a bunch of stuff like talking about content, podcasting, the adult entertainment industry. Should I call you uh, Eve? Uh, should I go by your adult actress name or? Candace? I mean, it's kind of like whatever. Like it's tough. It's like hard. Yeah. I like. I prefer Candace. Like, I really try to get it across, like Eve as a character. Yeah. But you know what I mean. For some reason, in porn, that doesn't translate. No, I know. That's what's crazy about it. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let's get started. Uh, let me check my levels. Up. All right, keep it basement with the Sweens here with Candice, aka Eva uh, Eva Mendez. Now Eva Lovia. <laughs> I didn't want to butcher the name. How do you uh, pronounce? Yeah, Lovia. Yep. That's so funny. <laughs> and you're getting into podcasting. I see. Uh, how is that process going? Is it tough to switch up, as you said, like your entertainment name? Uh, to your regular name and like doing podcasts and stuff. So I think a lot of people are still confused, especially when I promote it on my Eva platforms to like, who is Candace, even though it's still my face, like for some reason they can't connect those dots. So I'm trying to kind of retrain my followers. Like there's this other side of me and you should go check it out because I think it's more interesting. Um, But it's going, I mean, for me so far, it's going really well, like knock on wood, like everyone I've asked is coming on the podcast. The numbers are doing pretty solid. Um, and I feel like when I was like in mainstream, I still was myself a lot. I think that's maybe why I did so well. So it's not like I have to like reframe anything and like be this other person because I've always just been myself. Is there two like different characters? Like like you're yourself, obviously, but like your adult entertainment uh, persona, what's the biggest difference between you and the regular person? I would say like the biggest difference between like myself and Eva is like, I'm never going to like fuck the plumber. Like I hate, I hate to ruin that fantasy for some people, but like, I'm really not like super promiscuous in my, my real life. So when you see those scenes where it's just like very easy and you just pick up a stranger and before you know it, you're on the counter, like that, that's not really Candace. Like that's the biggest difference. Yeah. And the funniest thing I saw in an interview, you were talking about how like fucking a fan is the most overplayed thing. And mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of adult entertainers and they agree, like the whole fan thing, a lot of times it's made up on OnlyFans. Like it's an adult entertainer as well. And a lot of the times you guys don't fuck fans. And I see the point. It's not really attractive, not to diss any fans, to, mm-hmm. to be a fan of someone and like have a girl like you because you're a fan. It never really works out that way. Right. Yeah. I feel like the only people that are into that are people that really need to feed their ego. Like they want someone to kind of idolize them. Um, but I think for like natural attraction for most people, like you want it you want to be on the same field. Like you don't want anyone to be on a pedestal. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Right. So you can be a fan. Like 
I don't know how to word it. So like if you were to meet somebody and they didn't let you know that they were like a huge fan or like they were very chill about it, that's different than someone who's like fanatic about you, right? That's like, oh my God, you're the most beautiful thing ever and you're the best thing ever. Like no one finds that sexy. Like you're like, ooh, the list is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We don't really know each other yet. Can we get to know each other first? Like you think you know me, you don't know me. So let's have a conversation. At the same time, there's probably people who know that they're talking to a porn star at a bar somewhere, but they'll act like they don't know them. So it's more attractive probably. Perhaps sometimes when like people do that, I feel like you know right away. Like women have like such yeah. a strong intuition. So like some guys will overcompensate and then they'll be super rude to you or like they'll pretend like, I don't know, like they're not interested, but like overdoing it. And you're like, well, I clearly know, you know who I am. Yeah. Like you can be sit, like nice. Like you don't have to put on such a front, but um, I think it's got to be weird because, I mean, it's usually men, right, that make the first move when you go out. So, that, like, that's yeah. got to be terrifying. Like, I, I think I would probably, like, starve to death if I was – if it was up to me to, like, pursue a man. I don't know. It's, I'm I really was, shy. I was reading something that porn stars would rather have sex with a virgin than a fan. Cause oh, my God. Like, say, like, oh, um, it took his virginity. I've never like contemplated that. I don't think I would really want to do either, to be honest. I don't want to like teach anybody. Like to me, um, confidence is really, I guess you can be a virgin and confident, but like who's really confident about something they've never done. So um, yeah, I don't know. I would say maybe I'd pick the fan actually, as long as they weren't like fanatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you take on the podcast game? Because I interviewed someone in uh, hip hop and they were saying how they're they have fans on a podcast network. They have fans in a radio, he's a radio personality, and fans in comedy, and all the fans hate each other. They're all different everywhere. And do you see that now when you're doing a podcast? It's like you're getting a different group of fans now? Because oh, totally. I know a lot of adult entertainment fans, some can be dicks and just want to see like you nude or other things. They don't care if you're, like, you're doing a podcast and stuff. I would say the, the majority of people don't give a shit, right? Like They, they followed you because they want to see you um, – do you want me to wait or to keep going? Oh, keep going <laughs> I'm just getting all the oh. light on. Uh, like they, they want to um, just like see you take your clothes off and like be quiet and be pretty. And that sounds like super old school, but that's just like where their mindset's at. Um, and then there is like that group of people that want to see more and like that's actually interesting to them. So they invest that time. And then you get people that have no idea who you are that just like stumble across to you from like Apple or Spotify and they're like, oh, who's this person? That's really, really cool. So um, I feel like even the social platforms, like they're very different fans. Like Twitter fans are very different than Instagram fans and I, those are very different than TikTok and whatever. Yeah, and also, like, even me, I'll interview adult entertainers at award shows, and I'll see the comments are so, like, sexual and hateful. Mm-hmm. And some of the people on YouTube are, like, nasty. And then even in my life with, like, women and dating, they prejudge you thinking you're, like, a sex fiend or a porn addict because you interview porn stars. And it's, like, mm-hmm. my interviews are, like, comedy and dating-based, and it's just such a weird, like, negative connotation to all the stuff. Well, a lot of it's insecurity, especially with women. I think that women don't challenge themselves enough. Like, they don't look internally enough and then that's why you see a lot more jealousy like like unhealthy jealousy because I think a little bit's always good but to to the point where it's like causing fights with your partner all of the time or you know the your boyfriend husband whatever can't say like Catherine Zeta Jones is hot without it starting a fight like he's never gonna meet her right like you have to be able to be realistic and understand that you're going to be able to like recognize and appreciate beauty regardless right it doesn't mean you're gonna cheat like that's 
I don't know. I think that that has a lot more to do with like that other person. And if you have someone that's giving you a hard time for that, you'd probably need to run the other way because it's just going to be a headache. No, yeah, I think you're right about that. I feel like the girls who like comedy or don't care that you interview adult entertainers are like the coolest ones. Cause like some people don't want to be talked about or think you might talk about them. Like if you're mm-hmm. doing comedy per se, you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Oh, totally. So what's the thing with comedy and porn stars though? Because that's like, there's like a huge overlap there. Like comedians love porn stars. I feel like we give you guys a lot of content to work with. So maybe that's part of it. Um, but I've noticed like a lot of comedians, especially like very famous ones, just love hanging out with porn stars. I think it's, I think we're related in a weird way. I was going to talk about it, but I didn't want to be weird about it. I think comedians and porn stars are celebrities, but they also like, like, not saying you, but some porn stars are obsessed with athletes and, and um, rappers. Mm-hmm. And I think comedians, we're both famous, but we're not like A-list famous, but we, we connect on the fact that we're celebrities and we don't like, we're not going to be banging fans. Well, some comedians bang fans, but like, we don't we like the fans we respect that they're their fans and they help our business but at the same time we know we're not like the most famous people ever and i don't know i think that we're both artists in a weird way and we both create content uh porn stars do it on camera uh having sex a lot of times and comedians do it on stage i think there's a respect a mutual respect and also it's just cool to be friends with the hot girl who has sex on camera and i think yeah I think the porn stars <laughs> like the porn stars like the funny guy who's on TV or wherever. You know? I think that's yeah. I love funny men. Like that's like one of the biggest things that'll like make me into somebody is if they can make me laugh for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about. I know that earlier in your adult entertainment career, you would travel from Carolina to LA, mm-hmm. and I feel like to get into porn, do you even need to do that anymore? I know you're like a trendsetter. You did this early on, but nowadays I feel like my my point is it's all digital. You can do this stuff from home. So that's really tricky. It's hard for me to weigh in because I don't know I don't know where I would be if I didn't have all of that success in the mainstream, right? Like if I had just started well I, I take that back. So when I first got got started, I had um, a pay site and like there wasn't I had never shot for a big company, right? So I was going through like these very small affiliate channels and like that's how people would find me. And it did pretty well. Like, I mean, I was doing, you know, six figures a year and I had never worked for a mainstream company. Um, But once I started shooting mainstream, I started getting like really big followings on social media. And to me, that's more valuable than, you know, these one-off paychecks because if you decide to pivot or do something else, like you still have these people that have an eye on you. So that was very valuable. Um, Downsides are is you don't get residuals when you shoot for these big companies and you don't necessarily, you're not guaranteed a good experience, right? So there's a lot less that you are in control of. So that can be risky. Um, So for me, I ended up self-producing because I just had like a bad turn of events over and over and over. And I was like, enough is enough. So I'm going to go do this on my own. And I see a lot of girls that are doing very well on these third-party platforms and they don't necessarily need to do mainstream, right? Because it's very expensive. Like you have to pay for your own testing and you have to get tested every two weeks. Um, If you don't live in LA or Miami, now you're paying for a hotel, your food, your travel, your own wardrobe you pay for. A lot of times you can't recycle it um, because they'll be like, oh, well, I just saw that on Brazzers. I don't want you shooting for Reality Kings in the same set. So now I have to go buy more, right? Like you can't really repurpose these things. So it gets very costly and you end up like with a net that's like very embarrassing once you actually do the numbers come tax season. So that all being said, like 
third parties seem to be the way to go, but I don't know how well someone would do without having to put in the work on mainstream, at least initially. It makes so much sense. It's like, you were smart about it, I feel like, because like the whole game now, no one tells you the secret sauce is building your brand. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because what, and brand honestly, brand. it comes down to to how much you're willing to share too with your audience, right? Like so many people are like, shut up, be quiet and look pretty. And that's, you know, good and well. And you'll definitely like not rock the boat and be able to like cast a wider net essentially. But what's going to separate you from someone else? There's only so many hot girls, right? So when, hey. once you're once you're like competing with all the same, like let's say everyone's a 10, right? Let's say everyone that's in like the top 100 is a 10, right? No one's obviously objectively good looking, but for like the greater sense of the of the purpose so once everyone's a 10 what's going to separate you from the other 10 you know what i mean like you you're you can't just fully go based off of your looks or your body like or even like your performance right like it has to be you like you have to be willing to show like the real side of you a vulnerable aspect of you and your opinions at the end of the day because that's like that's the only thing that makes you you different from any other girl in the industry in my opinion no, yeah, I was watching some of your interviews researching. It's kind of funny researching a porn star because, like, it'll be, like, mm-hmm. interview with Ava Lavia, and next thing you know, it's, like, a sex scene. I go, fuck. But, mm-hmm. but uh, you were saying that it's more than your body. It's about your mind and brand, and I really thought that's so smart, and I could tell it's, like, with anything in digital marketing or entertainment, not just porn, like, comedy, everything. Totally, yeah. It's all it's about so building important. brand. Like, you got to do what you don't want to do sometimes to get where you want to go. Uh, I know you did say no a lot in the industry with sex scenes and stuff, but I'm talking big picture. Like sometimes you got to do what you don't want to do to get where you want to go. Yeah, totally. I think, I think we live in like a very spoiled era where we think, you know, any kind of discomfort or pain means like we're in the wrong direction and that you need to like, you know, abort immediately and go do something else. But um, if you want to be successful, like there's going to be hardships, there's going to be struggles and it's how you kind of overcome those that are going to define who you are later in life. Yeah. And I'm still learning the game because I did podcasting for a while. I did produce shows for like celebrities and people. And it's all about building that brand. Like you could work at a CBS or Fox sports and leave and it wouldn't matter because you have to have that audience at first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I, not to knock Barstool, but like there's people on Barstool, there's so many shows and stuff, but what stands out is the way they conquer social media and the way they create content. And mm-hmm. it's like, you got to have a brand and then people start to come and see you. Like I've went viral various times on social media, but you got to put that consistent like brand work in. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. I mean, I think a lot of it too is, is luck and timing. Yeah. So, you know, you could have the best piece of content and it could be just gold all around, but if it, the timing is off, I mean, you're fucked and there's nothing yeah. else you can do. So some of it has to be like a little bit serendipitous to work out. Um, but if you yeah. do all the rest of the work, then you'll eventually start catching more and more of those moments. And I saw you on like the rice, uh, rice, what is the name? Rice gum stream. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you I saw could, that? That's so funny. Yeah, I could tell you were smart with digital marketing and like strategic and you were talking about how Twitch wasn't the right demographic for you. Mm-hmm. Um, like what made you realize that? Because it was all young kids and stuff and it would be weird or is it like the fact that you were just trying to build a different platform like podcasting and stuff? So I feel like I was trying to figure out what my next move was. I mean, I'm still doing content and all of that, but I knew I wanted more like like the Eva brand isn't like my end all. Like I really want to focus on like Candace and like make that successful, right? Like this other side of me. So Twitch seemed like a good opportunity and it definitely is for some people, but it's just so heavy on the gaming. Like they had that whole IRL section, like a whole like in real life. 
and it was doing okay, but they were so weird and strict with the rules that you had these like huge names getting kicked off for no reason, right? Just because like maybe they were a little bit edgy, but it definitely wasn't anything that was inappropriate for younger audiences. Like they were just really censoring a lot of stuff. Um, and my stuff was all cooking and wine. It wasn't like controversial at all, but, um, people just didn't want to see that. Like they showed up because they wanted to see Eva content. Well, obviously it's a public platform, so it's not going to be explicit Mm -hmm. by any means. So you either got people there that wanted something that you weren't there to deliver, or they were there for gaming. And then they were disappointed that you were doing something other. So, I mean, Twitch got rid of the whole IRL section anyways, you know, I mean, people still kind of do it, but Mm -hmm. no one's there for that. So I had like a solid base of regulars and it sucks because you like build this relationship and this community and like you want to hang out with them but it just wasn't making sense financially especially for how much time I was putting in so um it wasn't where I needed to end but it did get me ready for podcasting it got me used to talking it got me used to um it's like exposing Candace, you know, to a larger audience than I'm used to and it just kind of helped refine certain skills so when I started podcasting it helped um that transition even with podcasting like even if you don't make money right away not saying you make money or not but like with joe rogan the way he started is so organic and how he was already a comedian on tv and just continually to do it and the information you gather from podcasting is so beneficial in a way like even if you're like all right i'm doing it for fun but i'm in an interview like a professor it's still like really cool to learn that information while providing to other people honestly that was like a huge reason why i wanted to start it like i make almost nothing off of it like i can maybe like buy a nice lunch with what I make right now monthly. Um, But I'm super new and like, that's like not my purpose going into it. It's like, I love reading. I love talking to people. I love learning. So if I can spend, you know, a couple hours a week talking to someone that I admire, or I really like their mind and like learn something from them, then that's awesome. And if that eventually turns into revenue, that's even better. So yeah, right now I'm just like focusing on um, having people on that. I just like want to learn from, because I'm, I mean, I never try to be like the smartest person in the room. I know I'm not right, but it's like, what can I learn from this person and how can that, you know, add value to my life? Yeah. And we also get random fan questions coming in. I wrote them down, but I didn't say like who I was interviewing because mm-hmm. I kind of be secretive about it. And someone asked, do you feel some type of way when a celebrity or well-known person comes into your arena, like porn or OnlyFans and becomes successful? I think they're talking about the Bella Thorne and like Black China situation. Oh, okay. So there is, there's two ways to look at at life and business, right? There's, um, you can have like a growth mindset or like a limited mindset. So, right. Yeah. So if you have a limited mindset, you're going to look at whatever industry that you're in as like a zero sum games, which means like if someone's doing well, that means they're directly taking from someone else to do that. Um, someone with a growth mindset or an abundant mindset is going to understand that there's like enough resources for everybody. And just because someone's doing good doesn't mean that someone else has to do bad. Right. So I look at it as like good for them. I'm glad that there's other successes and that we're like normalizing these platforms. I think that's really, really huge for the entire industry. Um, I don't think she, Bella Thorne in that particular case, I don't think she handled it properly. I heard like she kind of like pulled one over on her fans, which I've never think is okay. 
yeah, she scammed a lot of people. And I just think that's wrong, especially right now when people are really like, struggling financially. Like you don't know what that did to someone else. So that wasn't cool. Um, but when I see other people doing well, I think that's awesome. I don't think that that hurts me. I, at the end of the day, I think it helps me because if you can get someone like, I think Amber Rose is on OnlyFans now too, right? You get someone with such a large platform who is also a mother and she's saying like, you know, sexualizing my body is my choice and that's normal and we shouldn't be shy about sex. I think that's great for everybody. So I think people need to stop being so like scarce with their thinking and you know see it as a win for everybody you were talking about how she's a mother and stuff and you were recently pregnant did you do like content for OnlyFans while you're pregnant is that a huge fetish for people so I did um as you did do some pregnant content on my website I did take it down and now like I sell it um individually for like a markup um it's definitely a fetish and I think I get why people are uncomfortable with it. Like I'm not ignorant to the fact that like it is taboo and it's, you know, not a lot of like mainstream girls have done it. Like also was one of probably the first huge star to do it. Right. Like Lena too. I don't know. She's Lena was the most recent. So it was Asa, then it was me and then it was Lena. So like Asa kind of pioneered this track to make me comfortable to do it. And then I did it. And I'm not saying I'm the reason Lena did it. Like, I don't really even know Lena that well. And she, you know, makes her own decisions and good for her. Um, but I think like once one person does it, it's like the four minute mile. Right. So like we always said your heart would explode. You can't do it. Like yeah, everyone yeah. thought it was impossible. But once you see someone else physically do something, your mind tells you, Oh, that's possible. And I can do that. And then it makes it that much easier. So by also doing that, like she really helped normalize it. And if you think about it, like the pregnant woman, like there's no, there's no time in a woman's life where she is more feminine than when she's pregnant. Like that is like the embodiment of what it means to be a woman is to be able to create a child. Right. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that men would find that sexually attractive. Like that is the epitome of a woman. So to cast judgment and say, this is wrong and you're sexualizing, you know, the infant, which isn't even the case, right? You're sexualizing the, the female body mm -hmm. in that particular stage. So, um, yeah, it's a huge fetish and I, it's still super taboo, but I'm really glad to see more and more big names that are willing to say like, I can do what I want and this is normal. Yeah. And then also, uh, they were, uh, we were talking about popularity in porn and people like kind of like take coming in for fame. Do you see now more than ever people doing porn to get fame and clot the blow up so they can do what they want to do? Like, I'll give you an example. Yeah. I'll cut you off. Dana White, I don't know if you're a UFC fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was saying, my friend's a UFC fighter, I interviewed him a few times, shout out Mickey Gall. But uh, he was saying the, in the UFC, the commissioner, Dana White, was saying like how people come in, they're fighters, but at the end of the day, they're more than that. They're like a brand. Like, you don't, he doesn't want you fighting forever because it's like, you know, you don't want to fight forever. And it's the same you can't. Thing. With porn, you don't want to do porn forever, I guess. You don't want to do that, right? You want to get mm -hmm. out of the game. So mm -hmm. do, you, do you get mad when people come in for fame or clout or is it part of the game? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, I think you get both. I don't think you should ever do something to just get famous. I don't think that that's going to end up well for you, um, especially when it comes to porn, because I mean, porn closes more doors than it opens. That just is a matter of a fact, right? And the success rate is super low. Like it's very few women make a substantial amount of money and are in even less that are able to leverage that into something else, right? So if you're like the majority of women and men that get into the industry and you barely, you know, break even, well, now you, good luck getting a job. 
Do you know what I mean? Like it just takes one person to send it to your boss or your colleagues. And then all of a sudden, like you can't, you can't work there. And I mean, other than like maybe gig work where you're like an Uber driver, maybe a bartender, stuff like that, where it doesn't really matter, but you'll never be able to be a teacher. Good luck being a doctor. Good luck being a therapist. Like you just, you close so many doors. So unless it's something that you're very passionate about and like, you just feel like you have to do it. I would say like, don't, that would be my advice is just don't like porn is not the way to open up other doors. It closes more than any. You don't think about that. Like there's some who might not make it successfully like uh, you or Asa or Lana or whoever. Mm-hmm. There's some who have to go back to like certain work and they probably can't do that. That's, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't think about it. And I mean, we, like, I'm really fortunate because I did, I do very well. Like my brand is very successful, but that's not to say like it hasn't caused hardships in, you know, in my other, you know, professions that I try to do, like launching other businesses um, or getting funding for other things. Like we've been turned down for funding for other projects just because of who I am. So um, even if you do well, like that's not like, Hey, I, you know, I created the successful brand. Do you still want to do business together? Like, no, you still did porn. Like, get away from me. Um, So it's definitely not the path of least resistance. And again, like, unless it's something you're very passionate about, like if porn is not something that you are passionate about, you shouldn't do it. When did you figure you were like serious about it? Like you were full assing it, not half assing it, like getting into the game. Like I'm definitely doing this. Um, I would say like probably as soon as I started my website. So I started webcamming first and then um, that was fun. I was like trying to like figure out what this whole thing was about. I never showed anything. It was all implied. So like, I wasn't even topless. Um, and I had this guy like email me and he wanted to like build a website, build a brand, all of this stuff. And we started shooting. I would do like a year's worth of content in two weeks, like just pump it out, put it on reserve. Cause he lived in LA and I was in um, South Carolina at the time. So we had to try to like make the most of it. So I was doing that and then still doing my live shows. And um, I don't know, like I just felt like this draw, like I'm a workaholic, like even before porn and camming, I had three jobs. I was working like 90 hours a week plus being a full-time student. So like, I just grind, like that's just my personality. So I don't really half-ass anything. It's just not something I really do. Um, but once I started the website, it was like, this is fun. This is really cool. Like, I just feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And then that's when I started shooting mainstream. I was like, I want more. So that's like constantly who I am is like, I always want to like grow and do better and like beat my own records. Um, so like, I might get a moment where I'm like, Ooh, this is a nice ride. Like, especially with like OnlyFans, right? Like you're, you're kind of coasting and then maybe you see a dip in your numbers and then you get that spark again. And then you go back to hundred percent. Like you said, though, that growth mindset, because people don't see it like I see it like you guys are business entrepreneurs, like the way I, when I interview people and they tell me they make seven figures a month or a year off OnlyFans, it's just crazy. And it's just like you do other things, too. You have restaurants and other businesses, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's all yeah, like we- you came in the game almost like you were like, all right, this is a business. Like some people come in the game just to fuck for fun and they're horny. I think you did a combination of both. You have to do both if you want it to be worthwhile. Like, again, like so it's like kind of concocting a recipe like you have to have good like the right proportions of everything for it to turn out well if that makes sense so like if you go in and you just want to be famous and you just want to make money like that's not a great mindset because there's so many factors that you can't predict as to like Mm -hmm. what your success is going to be because again there's a lot of hot girls so like what makes you successful is a huge combination of things 
Um, and then if you go in just because you're super horny and you just want to have a lot of sex with strangers, that's also not a good idea because you can do that off of camera and have it not affect the rest of your life and not have it. I mean, it'll affect your friends, your family. Like it's not just you and you can be selfish and think that it's your decision. And that's the only, you know, the only case, but if you get married, if you have another partner, if you have children, it's going to affect your parents, your siblings, anyone who associates with you. So the blowback is huge. And I like never can stress that enough. Um, but yeah, you have to have both. Like, I mean, it's a tough business and at the end of the day, like no one's going to have your back. So like, you have to make sure that you treat it like a business and you're like, how can I make this worth all of the sacrifices? Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about this. I could always take it out, but like politics and porn, like I look at mm-hmm. your social media and I feel like you're on the right side, like conservative, mm-hmm. you get shit for being conservative in like an adult industry industry that seems to be a, a relatively liberal because I know Brandy Love, she got shit in a way for supporting Trump or being conservative. And I know it's such a weird time. I'm not in politics at all. I don't care. But like, mm-hmm. it's so weird. If you have an opinion, people like freaking hate you so much about it. So porn is like alt left like they it's almost as left as you can get so like there's left right which i think like those people are still intelligent and they just have a different opinion than mine i wouldn't say they're wrong it's just they're just it's a different set of values and just a different frame and then you have like alt left and alt right right like and any extreme i feel like is never a good thing i feel like porn tends to be kind of straddling like that dangerously left line um and i'm like i feel like i'm like right of center like i'm not like super right like i'm not like you know christian crazy whatever right i'm like just right of center and even with that like being moderate like just moderate in my mind right gets me so much shit on social media and i don't let that stop me because i feel like when i'm sharing my opinions a it's like sharing part of like who I am and be like, I hope that it provides like some kind of value to someone. And maybe they can be like, I didn't think of it that way before. And maybe just start not necessarily convince them of anything else, but just get them to think, just get them to be critical thinkers, be curious because I see so much right now is everyone's just going with the flow. Like the, the masses, right. It's like, this is where the pack is. And I don't want to be separated from that because that's not a comfortable feeling. But when the whole herd is like about to like go off of a cliff, like maybe you should start questioning some things. So I'm just there to try to get people to question things. But the stuff with Brandy, she's, um, she in the past has been very outspoken politically. No, you know, no fucks given. And I mean, I've seen people like the entire industry went after her. Like she lost a contract because of it. And to me, that's like a bunch of bullshit because I mean, what makes this country great i think is having that freedom of expression and the freedom of thought and when we punish people for thinking differently than us or trying to censor them i think that is fundamentally fundamentally un-american yeah and the one thing i will say like creating content for comedy political stuff like that i'm not into politics but what's weird is how you could get like extremeness on your side or against you and it's scary if an extremist backs you because people might think that you're part of that. It's fucked up. It's weird. Like I'm talking like someone who could be extremely racist and like be a fan of you because you support something, but it goes both ways. Yeah, it goes both ways. And I think the problem too, that we have right now is we're taking personal responsibility out. So we're saying like, because like, if I said, I love the color purple and then someone shot someone, you know, the next day and they also love the color purple, like you're now doing like inductive reasoning. Right. So it's like, 
all people that love the color purple are murderers. Like that's the same mm-hmm. thing that you see with Trump. So it's like one racist supports Trump. So by default, all Trump supporters are racist. That's the same kind of rationale. And when you talk about scientific thinking, like that's not going to ever get you to an accurate outcome. So you can do that on both sides, right? You can find something crazy like Antifa about the left. Do all people on the left support Antifa? Probably not, right? Like that's a pretty broad statement. So I think we just, again, need to like start instilling critically th- critical thinking into the masses because it's not happening right now. It's getting too serious now for my audience. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the fan questions are funny, so I'm going to go back to some of them. Someone asked, I feel like you'd be good to uh, answer this. Uh, why does, this is the exact question. Mike from New Jersey, and it's not me. Why does it seem like many female porn stars or sex workers or whatever they call themselves nowadays have a bush? A bush I feel like is outdated in America, but maybe not in other countries. Is that why they have a bush to make it marketable in other countries? Or is it that they are still old timers in America and they like a bush? Or is there still, <laughs> or is it because there's old timers in America who still like the bush? I think I know the answer to this. It's more about personal preference and just liking your body for what it is, but. I think when I was, I think it's part, I would love to know how old this Mike is too, because that would- I'm going to say mid thirties. You think mid thirties? Okay, that's actually older than what I thought. So um, I think when most young people, like you don't know that there's supposed to be hair down there, right? Like, and you start getting it and you're like, ew, this is gross. And you don't, our parents were like really shitty at talking to us about like sex and our bodies. So when it, we hit puberty and we're like, ah, oh, this is terrible. And we just started shaving it all. Right. Yeah. Like, cause that's just where we went with it. And then I was bald down there for a very long time until I got into porn. And then I started seeing other options. I was like, Oh wait, it's supposed to be there. <laughs> right. Like I still groom, like it's not like a free for all, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, it's supposed to be there. So I think for a lot of women, like I don't want to look prepubescent. I don't want to look like a little girl. Like I want to look like a woman that's hit puberty. So I'm going to have that there. So I think a lot of women, like that's the mindset. Um, and I mean, you know, don't be afraid of the bush. Yeah, no. Yeah. I think some girls might be self-conscious. So they like shave and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I remember I've dated girls who had like who they were Italian and they were just naturally hairy and they would have to shave a lot. And then also they'd always have hairy arms. That was kind of weird, but I'm not hating against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some people it's like really uncomfortable, especially when you're shooting a lot. So like if you're totally, you know, bare down there, then you have to shave like, you know, every day back to back and that can be very painful. So there's like a lot of reasons, but I, to this Mike guy, I say, embrace the bush. I think, you know, if it's a little bit too much, maybe ask them to trim a little, but like embrace a little bit of the hair down there. Shout out Mike. And then also Matt from Hoboken, New Jersey says, would you ever hook up with someone not in the industry? I'm not sure if they know you're married or not, but. Um, I almost like, oh, I guess like he's saying like aside from scenes. Yeah, I think he means like, would you be attracted to someone who's not in the porn industry or hook up with someone not in the porn industry? I feel oh, like yeah. most porn stars do that. Yeah, well, mm, I mean, yes and no. I would say like people that aren't um, or people that are single, like it's usually safer to just hook up with people in the industry because everyone's testing so often oh it's interesting so like yeah so like you know that you're being clean i always like um i have like no respect for people that like go off and like have unsafe sex outside of the industry like a crazy person and then come back in and like bring stds in like that's so disrespectful and like so dangerous um so a lot of people who are just trying to be respectful and careful will just have sex within the industry because everyone's testing so frequently um but aside from that, like, yeah, I'm married. If I were to hook up with anybody, it would definitely be outside of the industry because I don't really see industry 
folks anymore. I mean, I'm in North Carolina, so yeah. there's like maybe two of us here. What, what's scary is Lisa Ann told me that like a lot of the industry escorts now. I'm not sure if she's right. She's probably right. She's a, a yeah. game, but like yeah. that seems to be scary because I feel like that's where you might get your majority of STDs if you're not using safe sex or whatnot. I don't know. I mean, you're going to get it. Your risk is there whether you're getting paid or whether you're doing it for, for leisure. It's there either way. I think with how much information we have today, like it, I don't understand how you don't wear a condom. Like if you don't know the person, how you don't wear a condom, like that risk is just not worth that small reward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I had, I had two adult entertainers on the show and they told me they even wear a condom getting head. Yeah. Cause you can get stuff in your mouth. So you can get, you can actually get chlamydia and gonorrhea in your throat. That's crazy. But they were and saying I, like to tell the girl, like put a condom on. I feel like if you tell a girl that she's going to think you're, you're dirty, like I'm dirty when I'm not, or are you going to think she's really slutty? You know what I mean? But I guess it is what it is. It is what it is. And I mean, if you want to have like that more intimate kind of sex, then like you both should be tested. If you're not a regular couple and you don't know what you're up to, like it's a quick test and then you can have that unprotected, more intimate experience. But I think you need to be tested. It's like shocking how often regular people don't get tested. I don't know why it's so cheap. It's so easy takes two seconds you know what I mean it's you just don't want to get anything that doesn't go away <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and you also were saying you were married now don't have to answer if you don't want a personal question but like do you if you were I don't know if you were married when you were in this industry in LA mm -hmm. too at the same time yeah. do you allow your husband or any guy you date to talk to other women while you do your scenes yeah or so so while we were shooting while I was shooting um he could do whatever he wanted. Like we obviously had, we had rules, but like, you know, like protections are ruled. Like we had just rules to like alleviate like any unnecessary drama that might come from it. Um, so there was definitely still like parameters, but we were very much in an open relationship while I was shooting. And then once we, I guess like I started settling down and I was in North Carolina, it definitely went more monogamous, but now like we, I, I title it monogamish. So like, it's like ish. And for me, we met when I was, you know, 20, 21. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, if I want to spend the rest of my life with this person, I mean, we have to be realistic here, right? Like 50% of, of marriages end up in divorce. Why is that? And I think it's because we're not tailoring our relationships to fit the two individuals in it. We say like, here is this, you know, predetermined set of rules and behaviors that society has said, make a successful relationship. Well, clearly that's not working because again, we have a 50% failure. If you, I told you, you want to go outside and, and there's a 50% chance that you get hit by a car. Are you going to go outside that day? Absolutely not. Right. So why are we treating our marriages so recklessly? So it's not to say everyone needs to be poly or, you know, um, open or whatever. It's just saying like, make sure that you put in the time and energy to like talk about your relationship and like make it for you, like curated for you. So cool. the way we look at it is like, if he were to sleep with someone, it's fine. If I were to sleep with someone, it's fine. And if there's an issue, we talk about it and then like reconvene because it's like a living, breathing thing that just needs to be checked in. Checked I got to find a wife like you. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I asked the adult entertainer this, so like, I think, it, I don't, I don't want to name drop, but like I asked her and she looked at me like I had six heads and I was like, she was offended. I'm a generally a nice guy and I'm goofy and I'm funny. And I would just ask them like, so when you do scenes, can the guys you date date other men? And she's like, no, this is my job. I, they don't talk to any other girls. And I, this is like my people that I do work with on scene. And then our relationship's off camera. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I bet you that relationship's not doing well if you were to check back in. Yeah, it was weird. She like got offended. But uh, 
this is interesting though. When you're on set, obviously the sparks are flying and the connections there. How do you mostly turn it off connection wise? So I'm, I'm kind of like a dude in that regard. Like most women, it's very hard for them to separate like their feelings from, um, from sex. Like that just is, it's not like, you know, that's not, Victorian thinking, it's just biology, but there are outliers and usually those outliers are in porn because they like sex. Um, so for me, it's never been like an issue. Like I can very much like have a physical connection with someone and like it not even, you know, bleed over at all into the emotional category. So it's like not a thing. Like, I don't know. It's not something I even have to like work on. Like I can have sex and then it's, that's it. I got so many fan questions that I got to hit. So I don't want them to be annoyed at me. So I'm going to plow through them. I don't want to take up all your time. Sure. But, uh, oh, this was me. Does that, I would just to add on, does at home sex get tiring because of work? Like I always found it like, it's cool that you guys get to sleep around and do your thing and have fun. But like, say if you had a long shoot all day and you had sex with someone, I w- I'm open to like, like a porn star dating them and everything. But like, I'm like thinking like if she's already banged someone today, like, and she comes home, she's probably not horny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. and like we could wait it wait it out or whatever you know <laughs> um so when I was shooting like I would go to LA for a couple weeks at a time and then yeah. I would go home so like it was very rare that I would be in a situation where I shot and then like, went home to somebody gotcha. you know what I mean so like I never really had to deal with that I could see being exhausted because like your days are really really long usually yeah. um but like how like if you were to talk to a couple, especially one that's been together for a long time, like how many times do you think they're having sex a week? It's not usually every day. So I feel like you would both like adjust. Yeah. Two, I would say sometimes. I all depends. Yeah. And I mean, very few girls are working seven days a week because you need to give your your mind and your body a break, right? And you need yeah. that. Yeah. So like I don't see it being an issue. This is anonymous. No, I'm saying the name. Tom Zappia from New Jersey says, is there one DM I could send that would make a girl interested in me or one thing I could do that would get her attracted to me? No, because everyone's an individual, but I would say like um, women love like a confident man, not a cocky man, but like a confident man and one that shows that he like gives a shit about her other than like her looks. So like maybe commenting, like giving her a compliment on something that maybe like you like about her, like her personality or her mind, like something else that way she knows that you actually are invested. And I also think putting in the effort, right? So like taking her out on a date, like showing some, like that you're, you're in it and that you're not just like trying Mm -hmm. to get tail. (laughs) What about the DMs? I feel like you obviously like come on like the dms are tough to get a girl out of let's be real here it depends on how many followers she has right but like i would say you're better off like leaving a comment under a photo than a dm what about replying to stories or is that cheesy because you like a confident guy you're saying is Mm -hmm. it is it the easy way out replying to a story because you're just trying to get in the convo but you really know deep down you just want the girl I think a story is not a bad idea because then you have like some context, right? Like you have something that you can like comment on that's other than like, if you're like, oh my God, you're so hot. Like, fuck off. Like, you know how many people say that? Like, that's not interesting to me. You're not going to get my attention. But if you're like, I really like that you did this or, oh, I saw you were reading this book. I love that book. Something like that. Like something that's like a little bit more, right? Or just try to, if you're funny, like if you're naturally funny, you can try and make a joke, but don't be don't try to be a funny guy if you're not a funny guy because that's not going to end well. Tacky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this could be a girl who wrote this, which is really interesting because mostly guys write these because it sounds like a girl. I think someone I'm dating may be cheating on me or has multiple options. How can I win them back? We haven't been dating that long. 
There is no winning them anyone back. Are they dating? Are they exclusive? I don't even know. That's a weird. It question. sounds like they're not exclusive. Like they might just be in like the testing the waters situation. Yeah. Whether this applies to men or women, but if you feel like you're in a situation where you need to try to win somebody, you probably already lost them. And mm-hmm. I think you need to have the self-respect to just like walk away. So if they're giving you distance, like you give them distance, right? Like I don't believe in chasing people. Um, I think if you're in an established relationship, if you're married, you know, obviously like don't run away from your problems, but if you're in a new relationship, like absolutely don't chase anyone. Don't try to make someone love you. Right. So give what they're giving back. Yes. And, uh, for like dating and relationship questions, what are you attracted to in a man and how can a man be high value? I don't know if you can answer the question, but yeah, totally. So I think, um, high value stuff that I guess like is more, uh, general that appeals to probably most people is, um, having like a sense of confidence, like that's very important. Having like your own ambitions, like your dreams, Mm -hmm. having drive, right? Like, so being like, being an interesting person, not being one dimensional. So like, maybe you have like a hobby that's like hunting and you also like to work out and you're also like an avid reader, like just try to be multidimensional. And then also just try to be like a good listener. I think like that sounds sappy to a lot of guys, but like women want something more like we don't just want like this hot dude or this funny dude at the end of the day we want someone that we know like when all of that fades away we can still have a good conversation um how can so basically this question fan question one of the last ones they were saying so many girls like what they can't have or like someone who's hard to get but how do you get on a radar of a girl Mm. I guess, I guess I get it. Cause I mean, like you were talking about being confident, high value, et cetera. But at the same time, like you have to show that you're somewhat interested, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be too much. Like that's the only option or like, you, you know what I mean? I get what they mean. Yeah. I think you get on the radar by like just being bold. Right. And that that's going to show up differently for each person, depending on their personality. Again, maybe one person it's like some comedic line and some other person, it's like a general interest into like, what that person's other, their interests are, right? Like having a shared interest. Um, But I think you have to like, it's hard to like to just put into words, but you have to have that emotional intelligence, right? Like you have to be able to read that body language, even if like you're not in person. So like read the vibes that you're getting from like, how fast is she responding to you? Again, like you don't want to be sending like a, an attack of blue bubbles, right? And then she's not responding. Like that tells me like back up, pause, wait a minute. But I think again, like you have to show that investment. So whether that's like, let me take you to dinner, let me cook you dinner, let's go do this activity, right? Like let's go do this yoga class, whatever it is, right? Like you have to put yourself out there and be vulnerable. So um, like suggest like an suggest a date, like an actual date. I don't think a lot of people do that, right? With dating and then yeah. also now with COVID in, well, I'm in New Jersey. It's like, where the hell do you go when you have like the, not to be a political, but democratic governor where everything's shut down pretty much. You got to be creative then, right? Like maybe like do, um, like do like a drive-in movie in your, in your driveway and you can get like a little projector off of Amazon and like play it on like the garage door. Like, you know what I mean? Like you got to find your John Cusack. It's in there somewhere. Find <laughs> it. <laughs> so funny. That's Yeah. You and get creative. Questions. I actually have COVID related questions. Where are they? It's just funny now that you brought There's up. Probably COVID. a lot. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Where did they? It was some two people asked COVID questions. I have it written down. And I just thought of all the COVID stuff now. Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of unavoidable, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> someone goes, um, would you, would you wear a condom but no mask or wear a mask but no condom? Oh, like I'm supposed to like answer this because I guess they're trying to be funny, but in like a political way. Yeah. Like, would you rather uh, someone with a condom but no mask or a mask with no condom? So for a virus that had, for my specific demographic that has a 99.9 or 99.8 survival rate, I'm going to choose a condom and no mask. That's good. I like that. Oh, when one in three people has an STD. I actually have a question though. Is it selfish during the holidays by Christmas time if you meet up with a girl and get some booty and then you see like old family members days later and possibly expose them to the virus? So for me, I guess it depends on your grandparents and their age and it depends on, I think transparency is huge, right? So with my grandmother, she's 87 years old. Um, she's in pretty good health, but like we were talking about visiting her because she's in San Diego. Um, and I like leave it up to her. And I'm like, we will have to be going through airports. Like we're going to be going through, you know, three airports and then we're going to have a driver. Like you have to tell me what you're comfortable with. So if you're going to be hooking up with someone, like you ask your grandparents, like, do you want me to be quarantining before I see you? Like, am I supposed to be isolating before I see you? So Again, it's transparency. I think your grandparents can make their own decisions. So if they don't care that you were socializing, then that's fine. But if they're like, I'm not comfortable with this, then if you do do that, wear a mask, wash your hands and stay away from your grandparent. Is it worth it to go out of state to get some booty right now or not? Because then you have to do the 14 days of, you know, quarantine after and it's like- Allegedly. Is yeah. a piece of ass really worth that for like to do this during this time? It has to be some I, good booty, right? Yeah, I think- Human connection is huge, and I think that no one's talking about the serious implications that people are having from being lonely. Um, and that's not like being, you know, I'm not exaggerating the issue. Like it is a very serious no, no, issue. No. Like we are very social creatures. And for some people, they haven't hugged somebody, you know, for months. Like that's not okay. That's not normal. So you have to assess your risk yourself, right? Like I think we're all capable of doing that. We're all intelligent enough to do that. So if you feel like you need that connection, then by all means go do that and then do what you think is right when you get home. You also know I mean? shout out the flashlight. It's a good time for flashlights. I know you are like yeah. a girl whatnot still. Yep. Uh, sugar and spice. It'll help you get through quarantine. Shout out the flashlight. Uh, I have uh, bags of them. <laughs> <laughs> They gave me a lot, actually. Oh, my God. This is like the uh, bisexual one, but I have like so many. Oh, yeah. But, uh, There's options yeah. for everybody. Shout out to Fleshlight. They're cool. But yeah, um, one thing during the quarantine, I will admit, I think there was a lot of fake dating uh, where I mean by like girls will like send nudes or talk to you and they don't really fully commit to dating when everything got reopened up. Like it was kind of like, hey, I'm lonely. I'm bored watching Netflix. Let me like have some sexy time or send you some stuff, but not mm -hmm. be really serious about dating. Mm -hmm. For both, both men and female, I think. Yeah, probably. And that's why I think it's so important that both people show that they're invested in the relationship in one way or another. So whether that's like having that other person over for, for dinner in your own house, because like I know a lot of places, restaurants are still closed or like they're very difficult to like have a good experience. So like make that experience at your house. Is, then, that, right? weird? Is that weird though to invite over technically a random that you've never met in person yet or who you chatted with virtually? So for women, especially like I'm a cop daughter. So like my mind just works a little bit different than most. So 
if I were to be doing this, I would be very apprehensive. So it's always like have your location on your phone, tell at least three people where you're going um, and that you expect to be home at a certain time and then just keep them in the loop, right? So, you know, be tell that, you know, maybe your best girlfriend that I'll check in on you and check in with you in an hour, right? And let you know how the date's going. And then if you end up spending the night with the dude and whatever, like let them know that so they can like see where you are and make sure that you're okay. I know that sounds crazy, but it is a weird world we live in. And I think that you should always be careful. No, that's smart. How do you properly set the mood to turn a girl on? So, um, for me, like that mood is like very important. Like I can easily be like, Oh my God, I just heard a mail, but like the mail truck. And then I'm like gone. Right. Like it's a <laughs> ruined. So, um, I think like music is huge. Lighting is huge. Um, and just like your energy. Like we're very, like, again, we're social creatures. So if you're super anxious, I'm going to pick up on that. And then I'm going to be super anxious. So just like getting into a place where you're calm and like just settled and then having the environment reflect that. So maybe you have some aromatherapy and some candles. Those hue lights are like my favorite. So you can, you know, adjust the colors and all of that and make it fun. Um, Damn, someone with like high energy and like, you know, like ADD kind of anxiety, is it tough, do you think, because you come off like too anxious and you make the girl feel that energy or you could work with that? I think, well, so my husband actually has ADD too. So um, he meditates a lot and that helps him a ton to be able to to gather himself in like certain moments and that he doesn't stress me out sometimes and that like he, he doesn't affect my okay. mood. Um, so meditating is huge if you're a very high energy person because I'm you- laughing because I feel like I've bombed so many dates for being nervous. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's very normal for both like what men and women, right? Especially if it's like someone you haven't met before. It's not like, it's like almost like a blind date. So deep breathing is huge, but like, yeah, get into an awesome like meditative practice. Like there's, um, the waking up app by Sam Harris is good. It's a hundred bucks for the year. Um, and then there's the one that's free that everyone uses headspace. Um, so even just like, it sounds stupid and it's not going to work, but even one minute a day. And then once you nail that for like a week or two weeks then go to two minutes and just like work on that. And it sounds stupid, but if you want to have a healthy relationship and you want to be like landing these dates, then you have to work on yourself. Gotcha. And also, do you have a time limit? Cause I don't want to take up all your time today. And I have other questions. Um, I'd say like, you know, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. That's that work? Yeah. I didn't want to be a dick. You know what I mean? That's no, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. They're all over the place. These questions. Cause people actually, like, I didn't put your name down, but I said like adult entertainer on my thing and people emailed me or DM me them. So they want to know. And I saw, I comment on your story. I don't have to put this on. It's like, I could edit this out, but oh, some, I don't care. someone like fucked up like a uh, podcast. Like what happened? You said like someone like disrespected you, like, like the questions or something. What happened with that? So it wasn't the questions. Um, so f- it's like a combination of things. So I gave this very small person that's just starting out my time because he was making a connection to this person I wanted on my podcast. So it was like, I wanted to like say thank you. Right. So like I, I, I'd throw him a bone. So for me to go on his channel was like huge because again, this person's like a tiny, tiny, tiny podcaster. Um, Still tiny. He didn't tell me his political or religious or whatever views on anything. And then I kind of felt like I was baited. Um, So he's like very anti-porn, but had me on. So I thought that was interesting. I don't think that he was disrespectful in the interview. I mean, some of the stuff he said was a little bit crazy, but that's him, not me. Um, And then he had a live premiere on YouTube that he didn't tell me about. So like I could have at least showed up to like partake, right? 
had a live thing, let the entire chat talk shit about me because they're like all alt-right Christians, um, like completely like just disrespect me over and over and he's like yeah she she actually is smart but everything she says is wrong like why would you have someone on your podcast or why would you do expect me to send you traffic if you said everything i say is wrong like the amount of ego you have to have to think that you can't learn something from anybody is insane like i truly think like it doesn't matter what walk of life you are like you could be you know the poorest of the poor and there's something that anyone can learn from you. I can learn from you. And then me as a sex worker or porn star, there's something that I can teach a Christian. Like we all can learn from each other if we gave that opportunity there, but like he was just super rude. And then I was like, this is just so disappointing and I'm not going to plug it. He seems like he's trying to be controversial or cloud chasing, but those Christians, not to be mean or anti, anti porn people are like so weird in the mind anyway, that he might have just thought he was like doing something good. I don't know. It's weird. I can't trust no anti porn people or like anyone who's too extreme. This is weird for me. Yeah, I don't like any any extremes either. I just I find a lot of flaws there. But when it comes to anti-porn, I think it's people that haven't come to a comfortable um, understanding of like their own sexuality. So then they externalize that onto other people rather than look inwards and try to like fix it. Yeah. Um. And back to like sex questions. I guess to, like knock them out as we switch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Would you rather have ten minutes of hard fucking or thirty minutes of sensual foreplay? Oh, foreplay for sure. Every girl says that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, is there like some underrated advice that you could tell guys who aren't porn stars, like for sex advice or relationship advice? Sex advice, I would say um, you need to get comfortable like with your body and with your partner's body. And that's like taking the time to like really learn it and like learn each other's cues. Like when, when she likes something, she does this. And when he likes something, he does this. That way you can have like that, um, that connection without having to like say, oh, more to the left, more to the right and making it too mechanical. So just like taking the time. I think we all like rush through sex. Um, so like, it's not practical for every single time that you guys, you know, are going to be intimate, but like occasionally, at least like once a month, like have that undivided attention to just get to know each other's bodies. Um, and then when it comes to dating, I would say again, like it goes back to communication. So just always having, I guess, like the vulnerability with your partner, because if you're vulnerable and like you're constantly like checking in and saying like, this is how I feel. This is what I want. This is what's making me happy. This is what's making me sad. Then they'll replicate that. And then you'll just continue to grow together. What do you think the best position is to last the longest? Oh man. Um, I'm not like, I don't have that problem. I don't think a lot of women have that problem. Like we struggle with like, Oh, how do we get there? Um, So for men, I think the biggest piece of advice, if like you're trying to last longer is to focus on your partner. So if, you know, if that's like maybe doing more oral or using more of like, you know, your hands and stuff like that, maybe doing massage. And then again, like deep breathing, it's going to sound crazy, but like, that's what tantric sex is all about is like meditating. So you can like learn to calm yourself and not, not finish too early. What is the uh, best position for a girl to climax and great orgasm you would do you think? Everyone is so different. Like your angles, I will say like 90% of women need to be able to have clitoral stimulation. So whatever way is easiest for her to reach that while you're having sex is huge. Um, so certain positions like doggy are a little bit harder for some girls to like reach while you're moving. Like you're just getting thrown all over the place. So like missionary is probably really good. And then cowgirl is probably really good. Why does, um, 
missionary gets such a bad rap. Like, I feel like it's underrated. Like, it's one of the it's most- so underrated. That's my favorite position. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, it's passionate because you're you're seeing everything. It seems like you know what I mean. You got like your eyes everywhere and like dog. Yeah. I, a lot of girls like doggy and getting their hair pulled, etc. Not to get sound so sexual, but uh, it's just like you're not getting the greatest view all the time either. It's like not as passionate to me. I don't know. It's definitely not as connected. I think maybe some people. I mean, I like that position once in a while. I don't like the whole time to be there and it's definitely not like my favorite, but um, sometimes it like feels good, but I agree. I think missionary is like super underrated. I think you have like the eye connection there. You both get to like see each other fully. The girl can like reach everywhere she needs to reach to climax. I just feel like it's a lot more intimate, but I think it has a bad rap probably because like that's what a lot of people do and maybe they they're doing it wrong if that makes sense like maybe you're not connecting visually and maybe like one partner is just kind of like laying there like a dead fish um but if they're doing that you have to think like okay like how do i get them engaged like they're clearly not present so like how do i get them back where they need to be um so yeah i think maybe they're doing it wrong do you blame porn for like people thinking missionaries boring because i feel like they always try to come up with these weird positions and it's like just too much sometimes. Like, like that, like you were talking about that tantric sex stuff. I feel like there's books on that where it's like weird sex positions. It's like, they're doing too much. Don't you think? Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I've done a lot where I'm like, I've almost been dropped on my head and I'm like, this yeah. is not practical. This is not, no one at home should try this. I'm not trying to break my penis or anything. But I think for some reason, when it comes to porn, a lot of people don't look at it as entertainment. Like they think like it's a documentary and everything that you see is to be taken like literally. Um, it's for entertainment, right? Like you don't want to watch people in missionary laying there for five minutes, like real sex, right? Like that's not interesting you want to see something different so it's like how can i make this visually interesting and new to the viewer but that doesn't mean it feels good and that doesn't mean you should try it at home so they're two very different things and what do you think the best tips are for eating a girl out oh man that's so so tricky i would say um start super slow i think that's that's the key is like super light super slow and then like working your way to like a like a more intense pressure. And then again, like reading her body, I think using your hands is also good. Um, making sure that everything's like lubricated down there, all of that good stuff. I was watching one of the interviews, like researching, and you said you uh, had sex with a trainer inside a gym while it was like the gym was open. How does that even happen? Is that like a thing where people <laughs> like that because like you, you want to get caught? It's kind of like the excitement. Yeah, I think so. Like it's like the rush of that. Um, I mean, it was in an office too. So like it wasn't as like, uh, risky as it sounds, but um, I think it's hot because it's like you're both so into each other that you want, like, you just can't wait, right? Like, you just have to have it now. I think there's that aspect, and then there's like the getting caught, and you're like, oh my gosh, like anyone can walk in. So, like, that adds to like your heart racing and you're sweating, and it just gets like a lot more um, like animalistic and a lot less like cognitive like you're not like in your head like okay I'm gonna do this position I'm gonna suck in and make sure I look good like none of that's there you're just like in the moment and experiencing each other that's crazy though Mm -hmm. what was the uh, weirdest request you got from fans Mm. I feel (laughs) one time this one person um they like tipped me and they wanted to watch me eat a pound of peel and eat shrimp on camp (laughs) And it's like, I don't even know what this is about, but it was before all of like those like mukbangs and like slurpy videos that you see on YouTube. So that one was really weird. Um, what else? I've had some really interesting like role playing stuff that I've like said no to because they were really like, they're really vulgar, just like 
incest stuff that I'm not into and like forced stuff that I'm not into. So yeah, some people's minds are definitely, um, they need to be lighter. Also, uh, I was, I just came to my attention that COVID, there's an article that says COVID-19 uh, creates erectile dysfunction, which is not good. I don't know if that's true or not. But that would really? Not yeah. I read that in the New York Post before this. I guess there would probably have to be like a link between that and like maybe being depression, depressed. Like there's like a mild depression that was happening and maybe that's why you had ED. Plus shrinking season and it's cold out. That's not good at all for men. Is that a thing? I think it's a thing. There's I mean, I use it as an excuse, but I feel like it is a thing. Like a season, a season for a smaller weenie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you lose kind of some girth and in inches. I don't know. Oh, that's so interesting. I just tell girls that anyway, if it's not like the day. <laughs> it's the season. It's the season, shrinkage season. In April. <laughs> yeah, you should see me down in the, in the summer. And then COVID too. I can't get hard. It's COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting. I guess I would say that has to do like a lack of confidence, maybe because you're not socializing as much and then maybe like a tiny bit of depression, which is maybe. both of both of those things could affect you. I mean, they were saying that COVID causes anxiety, depression. I mean, everything is a symptom of COVID, I feel like they said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, what, what, uh, with the OnlyFans thing, I feel like a lot of people join to have that fantasy of being with a porn star or like think they're going to date them. But like, I feel like OnlyFans, I'm not knocking OnlyFans because it's obviously a great source of income, but I feel like it's just a weird thing because like if you sign up for someone's OnlyFans, there's like a 0% chance you're actually going to have a chance with them. Well, they, I don't think anyone knows that you're signed up for their OnlyFans because it's like private. But my point is like the whole fan aspect again. I just don't get the whole fan aspect of things. I mean, it's I kind hard of- hard to talk about because like obviously you make money off of it and stuff, but like from like a, like a mind point of like, say if I really was interested in a girl and she has an OnlyFans, why the fuck would I join her OnlyFans? I know girls that have met up with people from their OnlyFans. Okay, I guess that's- I swear, yeah, I know, I know a few where it's like they have actually dated from oh, there. Wow. So there's that. Um, and the thing with OnlyFans is like, there's a lot of like direct messaging. So like one-on-one with you and whoever the performer is, but there's also a community there. So you have like your feed that looks like a Twitter wall, right? And like, people become friends on there. Like, it's so cool. Like, it's cool. It's cheesy, but it's cool. So like, you kind of get like a little community within like your paid page. Um, and I think especially right now when like, we don't have a lot of outlets for social socialization, like it's a good platform for people to just have people to talk to, especially in like such an unjudgmental zone, if that makes sense. And to go to the sexual aspect, I mean, if Brad Pitt were to start a, an OnlyFans and I could like DM with him and he was like showing me some videos, I would be there all day, right? Like, how do I sign up for a year? You have a celebrity list, like a crush list you're allowed to do? Is that a thing? Well, I'm allowed to do anyone technically, but um, I would say like ones that he, like my husband knows I would just like jump on would be like, like Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, like The Rock. Um, Ryan Reynolds oh my gosh yeah the rock I just see is like a giant tree that I like want to climb you know what I mean I just like want to fucking climb that tree um yeah I don't know I have a long list I like exercise men do you think um it's actually interesting like say if you're a hot girl not like a porn star but a hot girl and like are you more like say if someone's not your type physically how could you get them like like I think it has to do with clout success and fame is that true or false like if you're like you as the man are not sexually appealing to the woman exactly yeah like say if like he's not the physical like you got to be six foot you got to have a six inch penis or all that stuff you know what i mean like say if you don't have any of that and you lack it the way to get the girl do you think is from some type of clout success yeah i think women 
um, women are a lot less picky when it comes to like their like physical attributes. I think I think that's like a misconception. I don't think we all want like a six foot, you know. Have you been on online dating recently and see these girls' bios? Or no? no, I haven't. So maybe like, I'm like six feet. Uh, this and that. No way. Okay. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm tall enough, but I'm just saying for some of the short guys out there. Maybe I'm just dis- that disconnected. I think, um, yeah, I think money, you know, some women that's like a security for them. So like they're drawn to like success, financially successful men. I think some women are, are attracted to like guys that can make them laugh. Like that could, you know, maybe some girl has like a six foot rule. Like I will never date someone under six foot, but then a guy just really makes her laugh. And she's like, I really like this guy. So even if a girl has these hard rules, I think most of the time, like we're willing to, you know, put them to the side if like there's these other factors that we find admirable so yeah like financial success career success um confidence being funny all of these things i'm technically in the comedy game and what i see is that a lot of like top tier comedians or someone with followings will get the girls because they're funny but also have that name and if like i'm a upcoming entertainer and i'm not like huge yet it's harder for me mm-hmm. uh, it could be my, a terrible mindset to have but i feel like people believe that and i think there is truth to that though because i see it with my own eyes some people like to fuck celebrities you know what i mean that's like a thing um i think they think maybe some of their like celebrity is gonna rub off on them like via osmosis i don't know what what the draw is but yeah i've seen it too and what we were talking about like i feel like it's an exchange like the girl's exchanging her looks for the guy's success in a way it's kind of weird but it's kind of true like the guy's getting the girl because of success and his accomplishments and the girl's just so hot and the guy wants it. Like you said, I feel like the guys want someone because they're physically attracted to them. And the girl's like, oh, like, look at all the stuff he does. Like, he's high value, he's successful, et cetera. Well, I feel that's any relationship, right? There's always an, an exchange or a barter of sorts. So it's like, you give me this, I give you that. Um, and then we just have our own set of values. So like some people, all they want from a woman is for her to be hot, right? That's all that, that's the only... Ch- box they need to check and then for some women they just have to be rich and that's the only box they need to check but i think that that those are the outliers or maybe like that's the romantic in me but i don't think that's the average joe right i think people want something like a little bit more deep and meaningful so i don't think i don't think anyone should be discouraged that those other things exist because i don't think that's the majority we got less than five minutes it looks like is 130 but i was just saying uh like any advice for building brands for people who are listening because a lot of people are upcoming comedians or podcasters and I kind of tell them it's funny. I'll tell them stuff, but I'm not like usually successful either, but I've interviewed a lot of people and I feel like now more than ever, it's all about branding and social media. Like people are like, yeah, I want to do a podcast and they do a podcast and talk about nothing in a way. And I feel like you got to interview the right people. You have to build your own following first. And it's like, once you have that following and there's a thousand real fans or whatever they call it, you become mm-hmm. successful, but it's still cool to do uh, like just keep doing it. Like Joe Rogan did, like, even if you're not big, but I feel like now more than ever, like, like I, I follow like the game of media bar stools popular. They have a podcast, a hip hop podcast, million dollars worth of game. And like one guy was a rapper and the other guy was already famous on social media. And it's like, if you're already famous, you're already excelling more like in, in, in like this game, I feel like. You definitely have a leg up if you already have an established audience. So I think it's important to start there, right? Like start building your social brands. Um, but when it comes to like branding in general, I think what a lot of people don't do is like, ask themselves, what am I passionate about? What am I curious about? Because if you're passionate and curious about anything, then it's going to translate well, right? Like you can't, you can't fake it and like pull one over on people or at least not indefinitely. So 
whatever like gets your juices going, like if you are super passionate about politics, right? Then like work that into whatever your brand is. Like sure, it's going to be polarizing because like, unless you're dead in the middle and even that's going to piss some people off. But the point is like, find whatever you're passionate about. So if you're passionate about comedy, like what, what kind of comedy, right? Like what are your bits usually about? And then have that be a part of like who you are. And that comes down to, again, like knowing who you are. So there's like a lot of internal work you have to do and just not being scared to like put yourself out there. Um, the first few things that you do are going to suck no matter what it is, right? Like your first podcast is probably going to suck. Your first album is probably going to suck and you have to be okay with that criticism and just learning from that and then just keep pushing forward. But yeah, I think, um, vulnerability and just showing yourself. Do you think uh, passion over profit's important? I usually end the last question. Is it passion over profit? Because like the thing you do at Rice Gum, how you said like the, you realized that that stream stuff wasn't going to work out for you and you wouldn't monetize, but at the same time you have a passion for what you do. I think um, passion is huge. Like if you had to pick one, definitely passion over profit, but profit is an indicator if like you're on to the right thing or not. So you can't be so blinded by passion that like you don't evolve and that you don't learn like your failures, learn from your failures to grow. So, you know, for me, like obviously the, my passion is like talking to people and, um, and learning and that just, that wasn't working on Twitch. So rather than saying like, I'm going to stay on Twitch until I make it, I'm like, okay, how can I pivot? How can I learn and still stay in this area that I'm passionate about? Gotcha. And uh, last question, keys to success. Do you, in your opinion, what do you think it is for people out there listening, creators or whoever? What about success? The keys, like your keys to success, you think, in this game? Keys to success. I would say um, having like a really solid circle of people around you. I think you are only as strong as, you know, your friends and your family. So like having positive influences around you is huge. Um, I think having grit. So like not, again, and like not um, folding too early, but also not like blindly staying. So just like having like that awareness, um, putting in the work and just like putting in the time, right? Like mastery is about seven years, seven to 10 years. So you have to put in the time before you see a turnaround. Yeah. And, uh, thank you, Candice, for coming on Cuba Base of the Swings. I was scared to say your uh, acronym because I always butcher it. One time I interviewed, uh, Asa Akira and I said, Asia Akira, and she definitely was mad. It was uh-huh. <laughs> way back. But it's Eva Lovia, right? Yes. And it was from Eva Mendez. Like, that's why you took mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I loved her. Eva Mendez and Eva Longoria. So, like, Longoria turned into Lovia after a bunch of cocktails. So, that's where we ended up. That's kind of, like, I feel like I, I respect it. It's kind of risky, though, because, like, you never see a lot of, like, it's common knowledge. Like, you can find regular porn star's name, but, like, you put in your real name out there now. Mm-hmm. Using the brands. Like, I, I respect that. Like, Yeah. I mean, I figure it's important to like let people know Candace is a real person. Eva's fictitious and I'm not like ashamed of my decisions and you can, you know, follow either or both of my personalities. So it's true that like when the the one guy interviewed, he said like the brands are split everywhere, like depending on what you do a lot of times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't want to like post something with like a PhD and then have like a picture of my butt, right? Like that doesn't make sense. Like even looking at it, you're like, what is she doing? So I think it's important to like create that funnel and then have the people that want to be there for one thing on one platform. And then, you know, ones that give a shit about other stuff, go to the other one. And then maybe they all connect too at the end. Yeah. 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 Big picture stuff. Oh yeah. Can you say keep it basin with the Swings before we go? Like just shout out to keep it basin with the Swings. Shout out to Keep It Basement with the Sweens. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'll send this to you and after I edit it and let me just save the
but yeah, that's cool. I wanted to get you off before one thirty. I didn't want to take up all your time. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. And then whenever you have it, like send it to me, tag me, whatever, and I'll repost it. Did you, I thought it was interesting. I, I looked up so many interviews and I was just like researching all the questions, but like I had so much info. I didn't want to like ask you a million things. Oh no, I think you did a great job. It like flowed very easily. Yeah, I wanted to balance the business aspect, but a lot of people are so bored of the business stuff. I had to throw some like dating and sex stuff. People were asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them, give them some of the juicy stuff. I feel like that's the thing that's so hard because like, I, like I so I totally get it now because I interview a lot of adult entertainers and I got paid to do the shows, and like even I would be labeled like negatively to people like online, and like you doing all this stuff is so cool on your regular name and like interviewing so many different people and showing people like, yo, I'm different. I'm not just the porn star. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think, um, there's always going to be the people that are super judgmental and want to put you in a box and say that because you, you know, are any way associated with porn that you'll never be successful. And that's like the furthest thing from the truth. Like I've had some pretty cool people on the podcast and like some even more awesome people that have committed for like January and, they don't give a shit, right? Like you just have to prove yourself. And then once you do that, then you'll start seeing people give you the time of day. Yeah, even like look at like Asa doing a thing of Pornhub and then Lisa Ann and like how you guys are like media personalities in a way too. Yeah, Lisa Ann's crushing it, right? Like she's not letting anyone tell her no. That's the thing like about Barstool. It's like, you could like not be big, but once you go there, you become so big. Like mm -hmm. it's just wild. Like you just got to keep putting stuff out and keep grinding. That's what I tell people myself because like you never know because like, you might not have a huge audience, but once you do certain things, you have a, you could have a huge audience. And like, I've gotten views that are like huge and I see that it's all about like right timing, like you said, and like networking too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but I appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yo, what it do, baby? Baby, what it do? Baby, what it do? What? Ladies, cover your ears. I'm just kidding, but have an open mind. What? Don't act like y'all never watched porn or have or have had sex toys. We're all freaks out here <laughs> and sexually open. It's 2020. And it was a quarantine and now it's COVID times. Dating during a global pandemic is kind of tough. Now with these COVID times, it's time to get back your stamina, practice and work on your sex game. Get you back out into the wild, into the dating life. That's why Keep It Basement has partnered up with Fleshlight. Go to Fleshlight.com and use the discount code KIB for 10% off any purchase of a Fleshlight product. Fleshlight has products for all types of people, whether guys or girls, straight or gay, whatever, they have it all. With the purchase of a Fleshlight using the KIB discount code, not only are you supporting business, you're supporting small business while having a good time doing so. Go to Fleshlight.com and use the discount code KIB for 10% off. Fleshlights make for the perfect gift, whether it's a bachelor party, bro's birthday, or even your significant other's birthday or special celebration. Ladies, I know there could be a stigma here, but say you were going on vacation or you weren't around for a few weeks or days, wouldn't you rather have your man use a fleshlight than another girl? Wouldn't you rather you come home and see your man using a fleshlight instead of having another girl over uh, being unfaithful? I, I mean, put two dude together here. What, what would you rather have? And also keep it basement. What? He's so nice. Yo, keep it basement. Keep it basement. Back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. Nigga, shut your ass up, man. I, <laughs> I don't give a fuck, man. You are listening to Keep It in the Basement like most Italians. If you're not Italian, keep it there anyway. Well, that's cool because you're a fan. I'm a fan, too. You know what I'm saying? And I think, to, to me, fans make the best interviews. You know what I mean? Like, Because we're asking the questions from a fan perspective. When you're a true fan and you follow the artist and you study your artist and you know an artist's music, you know an artist's background, you know the questions 
the right questions to ask because you're asking questions from a fan perspective. And not only that, the reason you said that you're able to talk to uh, your favorite artists for an hour, it's not that you're able to talk to them for an hour. It's you're able to listen to them for an hour. It's the yeah. difference. See, a lot of interviewers don't listen. See, I'm a listener. I, like, yeah. like a lot of interviewers I have 20 questions, and all they want to do is get through those 20 questions. But the yeah. truth of the matter is, if you ask me a question, if I ask an artist a question and an artist answers me, if I'm listening, I'm probably going to get something else out of his answer that I want to ask him. And that's what a conversation is all about. What Keep it what radio? Basement. Keep it basement? Like, keep it, like, keep it in the house. Keep it yeah. basement radio? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney, Swain, and Keep It Basement Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mickey Gall. You're listening to Keep It Basement. Keep It Basement. You are tuned in. <laughs> you are tuned in to the Keep It Basement podcast with your boy, Sweeney. Y'all heard. What up, Sweens? Now tune to motherfucking Derelict. Keep it basement with the Sweens. That's the name of the podcast. Keep it basement with the Sweens. Keep it basement. We out. Welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world with its soft, real feel insert patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over 100 possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer, as well as a channeled sleeve, able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Basin Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us, also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Laughable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, oh, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that basically... Uh, Mike Sweeney, the head president, CEO of Keep It Basement, fully admitted. At least you know it. Keep it fucking moving. Um, Porn sex, it's like 45 minutes an hour, but like real sex is like 20 minutes. Well, maybe for me, I guess. Try like three or four hours. Hour and 45 minutes? What the fuck? It's four hours. Words of wisdom here. Always use a condom, and if you don't use a condom, make sure you got like really strong pull-out game, okay? Pull-out game week. Yeah, wear a condom. Are you nuts? I have two hairless cats. I have one too. Can you get laid whenever with a bunch of options? How thirsty are your DMs? It's pretty lit. I ain't got Instagram. I don't got tweeters. I don't got nothing. A younger guy pick up a, a woman who's older than him. That's a really great question. How could I approach you and take you back to my room if we were sitting at a bar? You ask too many fucking questions. Don't ask no fucking questions. Plus, do funny guys get laid more? Oh, yeah, definitely. Would you date a uh, guy with a small penis? Like, how small? <laughs> How's, how big's your penis? Like, four inches? How funny are you? Then you put that video on fucking Worldstar. I hit the thing, it's YouTube. Fuck me up more. Sick of it. Stay down in the cellar and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Keep it based in podcast Keep description. Find Keep it based with the Sweens wherever you get your podcast with host Tom Zappia and Alex Nicholas. Please make that a permanent drop in every episode. I scold them myself. Keep a Basement Podcast. We out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Yeah. Stealth Mode Motorsports serves worldwide motorcycle enthusiasts, racers, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and custom builders with the highest quality. Quality OEM parts for Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati. Super sport motorcycle models. We buy and sell used motorcycles as well. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, StealthModeBikes.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Stealth Mode Motorsports. 
Need an engine for a car? We supply engines to race teams all over the world. Lay your bike down and don't want to pay dealer pricing? Contact us for a fraction of dealer prices. All current inventory can be found on our eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash stealth mode motorsports. Check them out. What do you want to do? You want to go to the Shipbag Comedy Show and then maybe try to roll through stress? Guys, follow your dreams and listen to Keep It Basement Rate Subscribe. Thanks, hey, guys. Peace. Just masturbate if all else fails. Peace. Exactly. Good job with California. You don't like it? Fuck it. You get on a plane, fly home. That's it. Take a chance. Four minutes at the at the, at the, at the, at the comedy club in New Brunswick. Four minutes. Might turn into a, a spot on a Jimmy Kimball Tonight Show. You never know. You got to try it. You just can't stay on a safe route because then you're going to end up being kind of bitter when you get older. That you didn't take no chances. That's it. That's my few on things.